It's a strange holiday, Pentecost. I don't remember the last time I ever heard someone say, where are you spending Pentecost this year? I don't remember anybody exchanging Pentecost recipes like red velvet Pentecost cake or tongues of fire barbecue sauce. I checked out at Kroger just to make sure, not the first card for Pentecost. We don't exchange gifts on Pentecost. We don't get vacation days on Pentecost. We could set off some fireworks in the sanctuary for Pentecost. And by the way, we considered it. We considered having sparklers for everybody and then suddenly Murphy's Law began to talk to us and we guaranteed that something would go horribly wrong. So we put away the sparkler idea. We mainline Christians have turned this into an understated holiday. Like, please don't make a big fuss over becoming a year older. And the funny thing about it is this really is a great, big, noisy story. When the day had come, suddenly from heaven there was a, a, a rush of violent wind. Divided tongues as if there was fire rested on each of them. They began to speak in unknown tongues. I dated a girl in high school who attended a Pentecostal church. She took me there one Sunday. I'd never seen or heard anything quite like it. People would stand up and begin speaking in tongues. It sounded like gibberish to me, and yet when that one person was finished talking, somebody else would stand up and tell us what that person just said. I don't know how they knew that, but they apparently did. And then after that went on for a while, a guy got up in the middle of the aisle and passed out, fainted. And fortunately, there were two other guys standing there ready to catch him, and they somehow knew that was going to happen, and I don't know how they knew it, but later on, I heard that that was called something like slain in the spirit. Okay. All of it was a mystery to me. We stopped dating soon after that. Because I needed the comfort and the safety of my church where the wildest thing that happened was the passing of the peace. <laughs> Pentecost is the one day of the year where the Holy Spirit expects us to do something that makes us nervous. It requires us to stretch our boundaries so that perhaps today, the thing that you notice, and we did this on purpose, is that you have no bulletins. Wonder what might happen in a church if we didn't try to potty train the Holy Spirit to do what it's supposed to do here, 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 and here. What would happen if we didn't have that? For some of you, it probably makes you a little uncomfortable not to have that piece of paper. But that's precisely the point. The one day of the year when we're asked to do something a little out of whack. This is a birth. We always talk about this as the birthday of the church. Something's trying to get born today. Jesus promised the disciples that he would send an advocate. He would send a comforter. Just didn't say when. It's almost like childbirth. We never know exactly when that's going to happen because children come when they're ready to come. We have educated guesses. But we never know exactly when that's going to happen until it does. Pentecost is a little bit like that. It comes when it comes. And the interesting thing about this story, at least one of the interesting things, is that Pentecost was already a holiday. It was almost like having your child born on Christmas Day. Because you share that day together in certain ways. Pentecost was a well-established Jewish 
holiday. It was called Shavuot. Shavuot was the, the festival of first fruits of summer, and it was also a festival of the giving of the Torah, so that you would hear devout Jews speaking prayers, saying, God, we thank you because we are reminded today that everything we eat is a gift from you. And beyond that, we're also reminded that we're fed by more than food. And so we thank you for the sweetness of Torah. It tastes like honey to our lips. The Holy Spirit on Pentecost interrupts a party already in progress. And by the way, this is not a party that needs correction. It's a good, it's a good celebration. But it is a party that gets an interruption. And the interruption is wind and fire and Galileans. These Jews, these devout Jews, please hear that. These were devout Jews. They were not neophytes. They were not new converts. They were not seekers. These were people who had been worshiping for a long time and knew a lot about God. And suddenly, they get this interruption. And it wasn't the message that they heard that day that bewildered and amazed and confused them. It was who the message came from. Don't let that get by you. We spend a lot of time talking about the fire. We, we did our best to recreate fire, thanks to Steve. We brought in our doves. There's a lot of stuff about the the. Uh, the miraculous part of Pentecost. That was not the, the bewildering thing. Who are these Galileans? The devout Jews were there to celebrate what they knew. Galileans entering this story was a mystery. What's the point here? Maybe it's the idea that the Holy Spirit tends to be disruptive. <clears throat> tends to show up in places we don't imagine. It's something you can't expect or anticipate. Maybe the slogan for Pentecost should be, Pentecost happens. It would be a great bumper sticker, and it works. But it doesn't just interrupt us, it interrupts what we think we know. And on that day, devout Jews were there to celebrate and worship what they knew and they were interrupted by these Galileans. You know that if you have a certain respect for nature, you can get your mind around fire and wind. You ever lived through a tornado? Ever been somewhere where there was a hurricane? You know mighty wind. You ever been a part of a, a wildfire, a house fire? You even have some notion about that. But Galileans, that's harder. Because it calls into question what I think I know. How I sort out the people in my world. How I determine who deserves respect and who doesn't. It implies that there are Galileans in my life. People I might dismiss because of where they're from. Or what they, who they voted for. Or what they look like or what they believe in. Aren't all those who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own language? Do you remember why people didn't take Jesus seriously when he first started? He was a Galilean, which was Bible shorthand for hick. 
redneck. Jesus was not just from Galilee. He was from the capital of Hickville, which was Nazareth. And you remember what was said, can anything possibly good ever come out of Nazareth? It's kind of the way I hear some of us sometimes talk about Antioch, right? We really, all of us, do talk that way. I don't like to admit it, but I have my own Galileans, and I bet you do too. It wasn't the wind and the fire that did it that day. It was trying to get your head around the idea that a Galilean might know more about God than you do. And if that's true, then it's a game changer. It means I have to go back and re-examine everything I thought I knew. Rosemary Brown is a friend. Rosemary was one of the very first female pastors in our conference. She was a pioneer. And because she was a pioneer, she took her hits. There were a lot of people, mostly male clergy, who didn't like her. They didn't like her because she was good at it. And they were scared of her. I invited Rosemary to come to some of my small churches to do a revival. I had known her for a long time. And so when I announced to the congregation that there was a woman coming to preach the revival, one of my patriarchs in the church came to me and said, I won't be there. I said, why not? He said, women don't belong in the pulpit, so you won't see me. Okay. First night came, and she blew the doors off the place. And word got around the town pretty quickly that Rosemary knew what she was doing. And finally, on the last night of the revival, this guy shows up, and he listens. And he comes to me after it was over, and he said, I was so wrong. I was so wrong about this. Pentecost happens. The Spirit got a hold of this man in a way that he didn't expect to happen. He didn't come to the church that night expecting to be converted. Those devout Jews who showed up in the temple that day didn't show up that day expecting to be converted. Pentecost happens. I was so wrong, he said. Can the Holy Spirit really do that? Can the deck really get reshuffled? Who are your Galileans today? Who are the ones you are convinced stand outside the gates and can't come in? Is it the felon? The immigrant? The one with darker skin? The Muslim? The one who's gay? Who is it? Who's your Galilean? It is said frequently that Pentecost is a reversal of what happened at the Tower of Babel. Remember that story? Back in Genesis, the 11th chapter, God got concerned that the people were getting too big for themselves. They built a tower which stretched up high into the heavens as if to build something that could reach the heavens. And they were all speaking the same language. And God got concerned, apparently, according to the pages of Genesis, that this one common language was going to lead to no good. And so, on that day, in the Tower of Babel called that because God, on that day, confused their language so that they couldn't understand each other. I hear very frequently that there are some pastors, some thinkers, who say that Pentecost was the reversal of this, so now everybody can understand each other. Well, I'm going to say that that's only partly right. 
because they did not come back to one common language, we didn't reverse Babel, we blessed it. We took the languages and we blessed them all because everybody could hear everybody in their own language. You need to know something about the book of Acts. It is the coming out party of the church and on almost every page, you're going to find that this is the book that changes all the rules about who can be in and who can't. It's all about being included. It's about being diverse and being included. And it calls into question, who's your Galilean? Who's the one that you think still doesn't really belong? Pentecost was the day that God called us to be at once the one and the many. Yes, we're supposed to be unified. Yes, we're supposed to listen to each other. But we're still blessing the diversity, the many of us. That's the beauty of it. Pentecost was the day God flung the doors open. Something profound and holy takes place when we speak and hear each other. It's not just foreign languages, but that's especially true. When we took our Cuba team into Cuba last year, it's such a different experience if you can't speak the common language. You struggle to connect with the people because you, you don't understand each other. I think that also happens here among us, not just in our church, but in our greater society. We're not hearing each other. We're talking past each other. We're talking at each other. We're not celebrating each other's differences. We're not celebrating what makes us unique and that capacity for us to be drawn together and become intimate. Pentecost. Something profound happens when we hear each other. We learned this first that day in the temple at Pentecost. All of this is in the name of the Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen.